Do you enjoy sitting at the pub or at the ground, listening to two blokes tell you who's going to win the footy and why? You know, the type of guys that puff out their chest and say, after their obscure multi comes up. Well, if you do, this is the podcast for you. Favourable results last week. We are one step closer to our first ever Battle of the Balls Grand Final Edition. And regular listeners of the podcast will know that big bustling Baz doesn't like going to the game. So we'll be heading down, if this does happen, to the Yorkshire Hotel for Battle of the Balls Mark IV, the big one. And we'll see you there. They're doing Grand Final bookings. You can jump on board and make sure that's your best and most favourable place to be on Grand Final Day, the Yorkshire Hotel on the corner of Langley Street and Punt Road. It's your one-stop footy shop, beautiful meals, great brews on tap, and, of course, screens on screens on screens on screens to watch the footy in multi-dobby surround sound joyousness. And you'll hear Baz crying in the corner because if it is Battle of the Balls Mark II, we all know who the winner will be. But... Speaking of enjoying himself, Big Buzzley Band's doing just that. Because round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. The super coach has done it again. And the boys are back in a grand final. How are we feeling? Grand final week this week? Yes, mate. Yep. Grand final Saturday morning at uh, Trevor Barker. Pretty excited. Hopefully, get another one on the board. The boys are looking pretty good. So, hopefully, they can uh, show up like they did last week. And uh, that effort and intensity and pressure they put on and... They were pretty smart with the footy as well and took their chances when they need to and played really good footy, really good 24-team player effort and we had a couple of injuries as well. So, um, no, it's good. Good feeling and hopefully we can you know, train again tomorrow night and have a dinner and then uh, on the Saturday morning. You used to call me on my cell phone Day night when you need my love Call me on my cell phone Day night when you need on Baz and the Blower this week. Anything you want to get out there in the world? Um, the floor's yours. I'm trying to think of... I've been trying to think all week about my pre-match speech for um, Saturday morning. Yes. But uh, on a serious note, just uh, it's pretty shattering about Spud Frawley. Um, you know, I've had the benefit... Or the luxury, I suppose, of meeting him a couple of times and he's actually ran training down at Old Brighton before as well and he's, he's exactly what you see on TV. He's a really good bloke. Um, he has a chat with you if you went up to him and chatted with him like he's... Seen him a few times at the old New Bay in uh, Brighton back in the day as well and have a beer with you and stuff. And really good guy. It's really quite sad what's happened. And I think just, you know, if you do have any uh, issues going on, uh, mental issues or mental health issues or anything, you should really uh, speak about it and, you know, go see the right people because it's not a... I think hopefully we're starting to get to the point now where people aren't, aren't seeing it as a ne- in a negative and they're open-minded about it and actually see it does affect people that might not be as serious as some with others, but uh, it still has an effect. Like, I think, you know, Adam Trelaw's probably the, one of the better ones to speak about, about his anxiety. It's just a, it's a game thing. It's a match mm. thing. It's not general life. Um, I mean, yeah, probably the media sort of stuff catches up with him, but it affects everyone in different ways and uh, it might not be as serious as mental health, as depression, as all these different things. But uh, I think, yeah, people just need to look after themselves, especially, you know, young blokes at the moment because... They get out of school, they've got pressure, you know, to go to uni, to find a job, all these sorts of things. And then it only gets harder in life as well. So, yeah, you know, they're under, a lot, under the pump a bit and just, yeah, make sure you're looking after yourselves. So, And especially when it's, that's one of the best things about footy and, and footy clubs is that 
they have the power to be such great like incubators for conversation and it's it's just sad when you see a, like a footy person lost because like all just and everyone does all like the, the eulogies and the utilization it's like just imagine if a couple more blokes had a couple more conversations and these things yeah. don't happen because it's like there's just, everyone's there and you, you are these knit, tight-knit teams and even your opposition that you play against year in, year yeah. out. There's so many opportunities to just go, oh, actually, you know what? No, nah, I'm not okay. Or this happened or whatever it is. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just a reminder that footy clubs are clubs but they're also communities and they can be really useful to, especially, as you said, young developing males where this happens to all the time. That's why I love you know, where I, I, I coach, you know, Old Brighton. It's, it's such a... The culture's so good there. Yeah, look, you know, everyone's a bit loose now on the piss sometimes and stuff, but you know, it's very, very responsible club. Everyone looks after everyone. You know, walking in there on a Thursday night, the vibe, you just walk in, you just feel happy about life. Uh, walking the training, you know, just, everyone gets around everyone. It's really, it is a really good club to be at. No one, you know, like I said, I've said it plenty of times, not everyone has to like everyone at footy clubs because there's, you know, 150 people or more and just in... It's just impossible for 150 people to like 150 people. It just never happens in the world. It's, just, no. it's the way things are. But you know, everyone's so friendly. Even if they, they might not, you might not be their favorite person. You know, they always stop, have a chat. Things move on, and like they'll still care about you as well. Like, they will still look after you. If you need help, they'll still help you out. That's what I love about the club. And it's, you know, it's been I've been there about seven years, and the culture's just gotten so strong. And that's why every year we get you know. 50 boys from the school come across so keen to be a part of it as well so yeah it's a good place and like I said a good place for to start these conversations and yeah it's just, it is a safe haven as well Monday's experts always know what's best always tell you what you should have done Monday's experts Always know what's cooking, how the game was lost and how it could have been won. We'll move into some analytics now. Coach's Corner will be dedicated to the teams that seasons have ended uh, after finals losses because unless you win the grand finals like Baz does, uh, every season ends with a loss and it comes to finals. And we'll start with the 8th place Essendon. They had 12 wins, 10 losses and a percentage of 95.4. They were pretty lucky, in my opinion, to make the finals. And that showed with a 55-point loss to the West Coast Eagles at Optus Stadium last week. Now, the over-under for them this year was 12 wins. Baz took the under and gets the win. I took the over. Should be a push, in my opinion, but anyway. <laughs> uh, and their list demographic is a bit interesting. So they have the sixth oldest list with an average age of 24.2. But the... Second most inexperienced with average games at 55.2. So I think they were trying to do what you know teams like Port Adelaide have done and been that recycle place where if you're not getting a game in your really successful club, they'll try and pinch you across. Yep. Or if you've had a bust up with the management or the coach, we'll get you across and try and try and win you over. And I feel like that only works either A, if you're an extremely solid uh, cultural and standards-based club like a Hawthorne and now... Not so much Collingwood because they still seem to have a lot of blokes that seem to get in trouble off the field. But your Richmonds and your West Coasts and that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, or if your list is just primed and you're going to have like a one-off tilt at the flag. Yep. Um, it doesn't quite work if you haven't won a final in 16 years. So, which is again the issue there. And we've always seen when it comes to their stats that they are a, they're a team that trends against most of the successful stats this year. So they score heavily from back half. Yep. They love to run and gun. They turn the ball over too much. And it, they got found out well, on bottom, the big stage. Bottom five, the bottom four, sorry, for all the top five forward pressure, forward half score stuff mm. that, that the teams at the top of the ladder are in the top five for. Yeah. So 
it just shows that they're a long way off. Like so, you know, they're down with Gold Coast and Melbourne for that sort of stuff. So that, that's where they're at, and they made the finals. Uh, I I personally don't think that Wush is the coach. Obviously, he's at Carousel, and he already had Rutten in. Now, I don't know if you remember the start of the year; they started pretty poorly. And that was, they were saying it was because they were still trying to adjust to, to Rutten's um, defensive structure. And they canned it. So, and then they started winning again. So, and they, you know, they're winning and they looked at the numbers and go, how are they winning games? So, how is it going to change next year? So, do they go back to Rutten's defensive structure and then Carousel has his say as well? And then what's worse and wor- worse folds like the man manager? Maybe that's how it's going to work. I'm not sure. But for me, I think worse fold probably isn't the solution going into next year for this team. I think this team needs a rebuild. I think you look at the players that are there from still just the um, drugs saga, the supplement saga, I think they they probably don't know it, but I reckon they still have a bit of mental anguish or whether the, the desire. So I, I still think that that does play an effect on them because you see them the last couple of years, like they've been up and down so much. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that the fact that uh, Joe Danaher has taken time away from footy to decide on his future is probably a good thing for Essendon because if they can get him up to Sydney they can get a good they'll probably get a good draft pick back for him I think they need to do some wheeling and dealing with a few of their players I think they just need to replenish re- rebuild I heard actually a couple of people on the radio a couple of Essendon supporters on the radio today say that until they get rid of all the uh, drug saga players like your Heppels your Hurleys your Hookers and stuff they don't think they'll be able to move forward they, they want to give more you, know, you listen to the fans. I want to give more to McGrath, more to those. And then that's what Dermot Burton said last week as well. I think it was a bit too fast saying that McGrath should be captain. But I think those sorts of players need to start taking ownership of that club and maybe relieve relieve the pressure or whatever it is that they feel those those players from supplement scan. I don't know that's just my opinion. And it it does work though because you think about yeah you think about all of their re- like unwanted records. So it's their sixteenth year now without a finals win. Yeah. They have had the supplement scandal. Players missed that. It basically destroyed the destroyed the club, especially from a competitive standpoint. They just like you could have seen this club as a success for making finals again this year. Yeah. But you look at their the list and the expectations and the philosophy around that club, and it's like, well, that's not what we were promised before the hurt era. Yeah. That's what we're still trying to achieve. Whereas you do just bite the bullet and probably make some uncomfortable decisions, which is you know huge list overhaul, perhaps a new coach. That sort of thing, even if the fans don't like it initially, though it sounds like some fans kind of would like it, then you go, "Cool, we're just we're just drawing a hard line. That is not us anymore." Yep. And now this is the new us, and this is our new game plan, and this is our new style of play, and this is our new list of objectives. Because as much as Carlton got laughed at for their you know eight year review that never came to fruition or whatever, yep. they've finally got to the point now where they go, "No, that all that stuff that was Carlton isn't Carlton anymore." Yeah. We've obviously kept on to, you know, there's, there's hundreds of years of history there, so we're going to keep on to that. But in terms of the short-term cycle, we've got rid of that. We're starting fresh. Here's our new players. Here's our new leader. Here's our new coach. Let's go. And that's probably something that Essendon needs to do. Otherwise, you will get, and those players have been there long enough to go, yeah, we haven't won a final. Maybe we can't do that. Maybe well, maybe we aren't good enough. And they've been flogged in their last two finals they've played, and they were completely outclassed by West Coast. They showed a bit early when it was, you know, opening the game, but then they just got completely outclassed, mm. and... I, I seriously have doubts of them getting anywhere near finals next year. Even if they get all their players back on, they, you know, they talk about injury lists and stuff, and it really shits me because there's teams in the top eight, there's teams now in the finals who have had to deal with some bloody bad ish, injuries this year and, and 
players. Well, let's be, let's let's open up the open up the grievements uh, closet there. Obviously, it's when it, Collingwood beat number one. And Rich, get, even when even Richmond going like, throughout the season with that. Yeah, yeah. West yeah. Coast had you know issues. Um, you know, GWS have had plenty of issues. Yeah. Like, but when you're a team that's been to prelim next week. Yeah. Missing 900 games worth of experience. Yeah, and to go in as well. You can't best say. Player. Yeah, you can't yeah. say it, we we blame injuries. Yeah, exactly. Because it's a team sport. Next person up, next soldier up. Yeah. The whole Clarko mentality. Yeah. And it just shows probably don't have the, the list depth as well. But it's an easy cop out when, especially when coaches use it and stuff like that, which he has. Mm. Remember where he said that I think my record's pretty good because I haven't had a proper run of it because of injuries and stuff like that. That's a that's a big cop out. Yeah, because so, your record is your record. You yeah. could say, no, my record's actually pretty poor and here's my reasons why. Not, actually, I think it should be considered good. And it, and it allows the players to have a cop out about that as well. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's why I think. You know, I, I think they're going to struggle. And I, Great yeah. for the season? Oh, they just fell in finals. They're lucky they did. I reckon, I reckon a C and I reckon, I reckon next year they, they, finished, they finished bottom six. Wow bit of a drop off I reckon it's a soft fail I reckon to be successful with how people graded that list how they graded their list internally they needed to win a final to be a success yep. this year and they didn't so it's a soft fail it's like a D well they get Devin Smith back and you know they'll yeah. have Shield again for another year and like, they'll get a few players back maybe Dana Herford starts to come back but look you know Bell Chambers is getting older Hurley's getting older Hookie's get, getting older Heppel's getting older so there's a lot of blokes there. You know, Zaharakis, does he come back? Uh, McKernan, can he do it again? Can Mitch Brown keep going the way he's going? Like, there's a big, a lot of question marks on that mm. that group. And you know, we know what Stringer can add, and we, you know, we see glimpses of Tipper. He comes in and out of games, or comes in for a game or two, then drops out for a game or two. But yeah, your stringers and your tippers are meant to do that. Yeah, they're they're your X factor, your criminal criminal top. They're not yeah. engine room players. No, they're not. No. They never will be. No. So you can't rely on them. I think I'm with you, not as deep as the bottom six. I reckon more seven to 12. They could scrape in again. If the competition stays as close as it is, it means that bad teams will make the eight. They need to, they need to change their game style completely yeah. for them to be any chance. Oh, yeah. And they don't, they don't win a flag next year. No way. No. But they could play finals. Speaking of another team that disappointed in the first week of finals, the Western Bulldogs finished seventh. 12 wins, 10 losses, 107.2%, and they lost their elimination final by 58 points to what looked like a pretty good Giants side. Did that loss again expose the underlying issues around this Bulldogs side? They're just like a spine. They're too relying on, they rely on Norton and Bailey Dale and to kick goals from it, and they rely on no tools on Shaki. They rely on no tools down back, like, they're actually giving some games to blokes like Young and stuff, but like Trengrove is not your not your answer as a key backman. English would be a great ruckman. He probably needs another another year in a system though, like just to build his body a bit bigger and stuff. He's gonna be a very very good ruckman, but is he? Does this help or hinder his development though? I would think, it be, I would think it it's be fine. Grundy did the same thing. Yeah, about to say like yeah. Uh, the game style is very good. They're they're so good in transition when they got the footy. They're exciting to watch. They just if they can get a Josh Bruce and. Maybe nab another tall, probably pick up a key like a defender from somewhere as well, which I know they're in the market for a fair few players because they got a fair cash, what a cash to spend after Boydie retired. Um, then yeah, I think I think they can be definitely a finals team next year, but I want to see them back it up. With they've been very inconsistent uh, since their grand final win, even this year. Like they were what fifteenth or something mm. on the ladder or sixteenth on the ladder at the buy. They flew home, but you know that's not 
that's not sustainable next year. They need to be a lot more consistent. They need they need. They're not an all conditions team, even in a mindset or like intensity wise. I feel like they they need a little roll on. They need a couple of good wins. And we've always said they've been a, a team that gets a couple of good wins and then drops when they shouldn't. Yeah. Which is why since the since the premiership they haven't really had that much success. But we saw again this year if they can get over that third or fourth game hump, they get that roll on, and then they become they're quite good at front running. Ironically, for such a small club. Yeah. But that's what they do, and they do the same in games. If they can get on top early, then they then they roll out. But if they face like Giants who come out and throw some heavy punches early, they very rarely get back on top in games. And they very rarely get back on top in 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 patterns throughout the season as well. Well, they were, like I said last week, that that, that buy came at the worst possible yeah. time for them. They were flying a week off, and it just didn't work for them. But I think they'll, they'll definitely make finals next year. I hope you get a finals win. I think they had a good year considering where we thought they'd be. Well, I, yeah, eight I, and a half wins was the over-under break-even. We both tipped unders. Yeah, I thought and, they'd have uh, a down year this year just yeah. while they recouped a bit. And like they found one Riley West as well. He won the became second sorry in JD Liston as a you know um, first year draftee. So no good. I think they'll be up there next year. But um, yeah, they'll they still need to find a few players, especially up forward and back, like key position players. Now will they use them though? Because I feel like in a weird way, all the folklore behind Bevo's history as like a Vaffa coach that took a. a a team from third division to second division to first division winning each year. Yeah. He kind of plays Vaffa style footy because most Vaffa clubs, unless you go out and do certain arrangements to get ex-pros in or whatever, they have homogenous lists. It's like you're all roughly average human size because you're all roughly average humans that play elite level amateur football. Yeah. And then some teams have actual professional footballers who are not average sized humans. But the Bulldogs just love to pick and play average-sized humans. Six, foot, six to six foot two players. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's... I think it's like they have, they, he, just, they just don't... He and relies game, on players who can dispose the ball really yeah. well. And that's why he probably doesn't pick a it's, lot of tolls. It's a vaffa footy. Yeah. But that's not going to win you an AFL premiership. Well, it did. But it didn't, because Bordy... Tore it up. For, tore it up for the final series. Yeah, and they had... Yeah, they had uh, Jordan Ruffhead as well. Yeah. It was an Australian that year, I believe. So, so tolls are as much as everyone goes. It's a midfielder's game. You look at who actually wins you, not who wins Brownlows, not who gets into the All Australian, but who wins your club games, and it's it's tolls. Crack into our week two finals preview. These are all do or die games now, and uh, we'll do a quick little recap of our punters' parable scriptures. And if you didn't already sell your stock in Geelong, then you've stuffed because you're now going to go bankrupt. Their myth is completely busted out of last week's terrible, terrible performance. Yes, there's only a small margin loss in the end, but that game was just a what not to do if you are an AFL coach. It was baffling. And under review now, I'm a bit glad about all three of these other teams. So the Giants, Lions, and the Eagles. I'm not quite sure. Obviously, this time of year, it's all going to be very close games. But we'll crack in. Friday night uh, at 7.50 will be Geelong, who are now $2 home outsiders. In inverted commas, West Coast are $1.80 favorites, the MCG. Line here, 2.5. The over-under, 152. Will Chris Scott pick a Ruckman this week? 
Yeah, he will, because he admitted he was wrong. The other thing I like, so there was, there was nearly 190 tackles in the Geelong Conlon game. Mm. Guess how many tackles there was in the West Coast SC game? 50. Uh, it was around 90. Yeah. So, I'll tell you what, one team's going to be rocking up into Melbourne after playing a home game last week on a Pretty Thursday night. fresh. Pretty fresh. Uh, getting a couple extra days break as well, or extra days break. Uh, Geelong will be... They yeah, got bashed. They got bashed. It was physical. Collingwood's pressure rating for that game was absolutely through the roof. It was astronomical. So, West Coast, if they bring... So, West Coast play a similar game style to Collingwood, mm-hmm. except they have two tools to kick out if they're in trouble. And they do it a lot better than us because they've got better ball users. They've got, you know, they've got their, pretty much their full list available. Yeah. They've also got a Ruckman who's an absolute gun and they're very, very good at clearances and setting up post-clearance possessions as well. And that's obviously Nick Nat. And I just cannot fathom, especially Geelong trying to play the slow game like they did last week and like they have all year and this is why I don't rate them, this is why I don't think they'll ever win a final and this is why I've been dead against them because their game style just does not stack up and the the, the stats say that since he's been coach, he got gifted a list in 2011 was better than anyone else. And on that, and I totally agree now with you and I've, you've opened my eyes and now I can see Amazing Grey style, the Amazing Baz. What I don't understand is Patrick Dangerfield... Almost won that game for Geelong last week. By himself. By himself. If you have Patrick Dangerfield, Gary Ablett in a pocket kicking 40-odd goals, even though he's like 150 years old, yeah. in and under tough nuts like a Joel Selwood, a guy that marks and, and can go to the ground like Tom Hawkins, why don't you try and score? All right. What, why don't you use your players to the best of the ability? Dalhouse. Rowan. Do you know what Geelong needed last week? They needed, they needed two danger fields. They needed danger field at centre for the danger field in the midfield could kick to. Because they were... That, I, I couldn't believe... And it wasn't until like the last 10 minutes actually started... It got frantic and it started... Yeah. And they, they they could have probably nabbed us if they'd have taken their chances. So, I'd be interested to happen. Even if they did... Even if they played some really good football, I still just can't see them getting past West Coast. West Coast will be rocking up here and they, they've been playing really well the MCG West Coast. They've got a good record there now. They're just prime ready to go and, and I think that after that loss to Hawthorne they've kind of set themselves right where set ourselves a challenge and we're up for it. So we just see how Geelong bounce back but I reckon West Coast will absolutely flog them. I reckon 40 plus again. Yes my friend we're on the same page here and if anything this is a great test case for West Coast. Because obviously you want the home finals, you want a double chance, but they didn't get it. So now they've won that game. So now all games are, are if you lose, it goes home anyway. But they get three cracks at the G. Yep. So they play the G, they play the G in the prelim, whoever they play, mm-hmm. and they play the G in the grand final, and got to win at the G to win the grand final, which they did last year anyway. Yep. So it's just a, every week it's now a rehearsal run for the grand final. And if they make it there, they're going to be match fit, ready to well, go, and, they, go and they know what they're doing. Rich, they're going to get past Richmond in the prelim as well. So I, I think they're fine, they're ready to go, and yeah, I just cannot see John get anywhere near them. And uh, one of them's the last time, because I don't know if you saw the stat about um, first time since 1920s that the top two teams have lost, both lost in a you know, mm. qualifying final. Well, I wonder how long it's been since the team that finished on top got knocked out in straight sets. We'll do some digging for you and we'll bring it up on the pod next week if that's the case. I've got some tasty uh, betting lines for this one here. Obviously, $1.80 is an absolute Monty. 
uh, 40 plus, $6.50 is a joke. Absolute joke of uh, a line there, but that's very tasty for us punters. Uh, that being said, uh, don't mortgage your house on it because you know, you know what happens when we get too confident and suggest that the bookmakers have got it wrong. So we'll just back West Coast to win even at a eighty as a security. Most most of the uh, betting agencies they give you a boost. You might get a dollar ninety dollar five, and just uh, watch the game and watch the cash roll in. Roll it in. All right, Saturday seven twenty five is the other semi final. Brisbane are favourites still. $1.57. The Giants are $2.35 outsiders. They're playing at the Gabba. The line here is 8.5. The over-under one sixty six. And is this the year the Giants finally do it? Do they finally click at the right time of the year? Do they finally crack in and do all the non-negotiables? It's not very often that you th- <laughs> the, the top two teams, so two teams from qualifying final go out in straight sets. Yeah. I think it might happen this week, but I'm kind of tempted to back in Brisbane because for the first half, they went with Richmond. And for, especially that first 10 minutes of that second quarter, they had set shots from uh, McStay, McInerney, uh, Rayner, Cameron. Cameron and, and Rayner, those, those snaps they missed, running in 15 metres out just in, on a slight angle where they had other options on were selfish. Then Rayner missed a set shot as well. So they kicked like four or five points in a row. And then it went down the end and Rioli just got on the end of one and kicked the goal and then I think it was Rioli again who got on the end of one and kicked another one and then that, that, that just they just looked flat after they had all the all play in the first call they should have been four or five goals up and absolutely the crowd had been up and about and it would have been a lot harder for Richmond to get back in the game they just kept blowing opportunities and it's why you've got to make the most opportunities in finals uh, and then yeah once Richmond got on top they just absolutely belted them so, which is the problem I have with Brisbane because you look at a lot of factors, and you know, I think a Brisbane as home favourites this year are nine and zero, um, and they're favourites again here. They weren't favourites last week, so they don't do as well as underdogs. But also, if you just go at the list, like there'll be twenty two blokes on the field for each team. The Giants have the better list. Oh, they're talented, no doubt. But and you got blokes like Toby Green, who's in play, even though we try guides gouge someone's yeah. eyes out. You've got. Guys like Jamie Cameron, who is due. He is due, and I'm about to tip him to the JC train here okay. this week because I think he's due to have a big finals performance. Circuit, circuit Tom Boy. Like a real proper big, I'm the big dog here. Coleman medalist performance. That midfield's deep. DeBoer will just pick whoever he wants to nullify that Brisbane midfield, and they'll be minus one in their midfield. They've got runners off the back. They've got elite backmen. Like... They sh- the Giants should win this game if they if they turn up but can we trust that I suppose is the question yeah I get I get worried because I've never I haven't seen when was the last time you saw the Giants pay like they did last week where they absolutely hunted bashed had it like they were really hard at it like I, I don't think I've seen them play like that not even last year's finals I reckon I've seen that sort of dedication that mentality before. the year they went to the prelim against the doggies yeah so the last time you saw it. So do you reckon that's that they just flicked the switch and got it, or do you reckon they got riled up and really pumped up for that effort? Because you know my theory on this: if you get pumped up by a I coach, don't, I don't think Leon Cameron was saying, "Oh, this is our bogey team; we need to go out there and kill them." Do you, know, you reckon he might have said a few little things up about you know Bont after his little hit on Haynes and a few little things just to get him a bit of extra motivation? Maybe, but surely there's. It's finals. Sure, you can maintain that for four weeks. 
Well, if they bring that to Brisbane, Brisbane will probably not go to... Because a lot of them is their first final, and GWS are very finals. They've got a lot of finals experience. Mm. Brisbane are you know, playing in their second final, a lot of them. They've got a lot of pressure up there being the home team and favourite. And I think they last week they went into underdogs a bit, so they were a bit better. And like I said, they should have probably put the game to sleep by halfway through the second quarter if they just made... Like they had nearly doubled the inside 50s and everything in that first half. Like they absolutely smashed them. They just could not use it. And then they allowed easy goals to Richmond, like easy in front of... Yeah, it's on Twitter, the shot maps. Go have a look at it. Yeah. Um, and that's my issue is like where do they get the... Can they actually... Is yeah. that because Richmond were elite defenders? Is it because they're poor at ball use and decision making going forward in Brisbane's end? And if, th- as, nah, if they're poor think, going forward, then how they do the same to a giant side, which isn't as good as Richmond, nah, Rich- but pretty good. Brisbane didn't want to bomb it in long, so I reckon they were using hit ups and they took their opportunities and had their shots from where they were. They had, you know, stoppages as well. The shots from stoppages yeah. and bandage throw-ins. I'm really probably going to go. If GWS rock up like they did last week, I reckon they beat Brisbane because Brisbane might go to water a bit under pressure at home, especially under that heat. But I'm worried about GWS backing it up because we haven't seen it. So it's a 50-50 for me. I'm probably going to go Brisbane for the pure fact they they finished second. They, they're going to they're gonna get a home final and they would want to back up after last week. But it would not surprise me at all if GWS rocked up there and did what they did last week to... Um, Western Bulldogs and absolutely wipe them. I'm going the Giants in this one, even though... And so, yes, Brisbane went to Giants Stadium and it was one of their big statement games this year, saying, we haven't beaten anyone in the top four yet, let's go get a big scalp. And they did it. And they did it early doors. So they won the first quarter 28-8, to eight, and then it was even for the rest of the next three quarters. Yep. If they don't, if they don't kill the game off, like they, like they let the game slip against the Tigers, if they do the same thing against the Giants, regardless of how good they are... If they don't lead by plenty in the first quarter, the Giants definitely win this. Oh. Just down to their down to their players, and from like a punting angle, two dollars thirty five is the obvious tip. Like if even if you want to tip Brisbane, you put some cash out money on the Giants there at two thirty five, and you will make money off this game. Cameron to kick three plus goals is two dollars ten. Yep. Taranto to have 30, 30 plus and Cameron to kick three is three sixty. Taranto to have thirty plus and Green to kick three is $10, and Toby Green, the little cheeky so-and-so... Nugget. Little nugget. Can, if he does the 3.30 double, which is very much in his realms, yep. the last four interstate games, Toby Green has had 30 touches. There you go. Three goals, 30 touches, 15 bucks. If he has three goals and has 30 touches, the Giants win. So you'll have your 2.35, 15... Money for days. The Giants get it done. The Giants are off to a prelim. And they'll be playing against your boys at the G. And then we'll probably get roasted because uh, they'll be no good against 90,000 pass supporters. But that's a different story. <laughs> Could be the year this year, mate. Double your money and make a stack. I'm on to the next one. favorite segment feature bets money making time here are our play action for week two of the afl 2019 finals series baz what is your best bet for the punters out there just a bit of head wobble though yes west coast plus 40 last week tick. boom money collingwood tick gws tick head wobble got all four right 
this guy over here. Yeah, you tipped the ticket train. You tipped the tickets. I went Brisbane. Uh, so that's where I went wrong last We're week. We're in form. We are funnels performers, ladies and gents. Uh, my best bet is, is West Coast. Head to head, dollar eighty. Just back it in. Uh, plus forty was what six dollars fifty. Six dollars fifty. Bang. That's my value bet. So I've gone the same two. Best bet, dollar eighty. Absolute bankable. West Coast forty plus six fifty value bet six fifty for value, ladies and gentlemen. That's outrageous. Uh, my value bet is sixty one to seventy five points for Geelong to score. But I've got one real, real, real super real, rough, super rough one for the Brisbane GWS game. I reckon Cam Cam Rayner is one of those young blokes that loves finals footy and he's gonna get better and better. And he nearly took the game by the scruff of the neck early last week. Yep. He had a couple of shots on goal and did some really, really good things. Lockie Neal, you know he's going to get plenty of the ball. Although, DeBoer might go to him, but he might go to Zorko as I actually well. reckon DeBoer go to Zorko, cut off that extra run, because Lockie Neal gets touches. He had 55 against the Tigers. They didn't win the game. That was in round 23, not in the in the, in the the funnel. Yeah. So, yeah. I think Lockie Neal's a bit of a... Lockie Neal's a bit of like a Tom Mitchell 2.0. A lot of touches, breaks a lot of records. Doesn't win a lot of games. Okay. Well, I reckon Lockie Neal most disposals. Yep. Cam Rayner most goals. 81 bucks. That is super rough. Puts my rough, rough to shame. I'm going with the Toby Green, 330 double, 15 bucks. And if I was super, super bullish on the Giants, which I am, 40 plus for the Giants, Ooh, wow. 10 bucks. Wow. But leave that one to the side. Or roll it in with your Super Multi and get 150 odds. Who knows? We're getting real crazy here. That's what Funnels Footy Fever does here. Thank you very much, Baz. Good luck on the weekend to the OBFC. And if you've got nothing else going on Saturday, because there's no football in the morning, head on down and cheer on uh, the old Brightonians for them. <laughs> Come on!